Hello trainers and welcome to the premiere episode of Gotta Snatch Em All, the podcast where I chat with my queer faves about Pokemon, the worldwide franchise which celebrates its 25 year anniversary this year. My name's Alex, I'm your host and I mean I've been devoted to this franchise for 23 years, almost its entire 25 year existence and I get just as excited about it now as I did when I was like six years old, picking up Pokemon Red for the first time. It is my comfort blanket, it gives me security, and that lovely, cosy feeling that you get when you know what to expect from something. Even when you know that something, inside out, upside down, back to front, I still love diving into this world as much now as I did when I was five, six. And so many of the milestones in my life correlate with certain events happening in the franchise. When I was bought Crystal on the day that we moved out of my childhood home, I came out to my family when the news of Heart Gold and Soul Silver was first dropped. I went through the breakup of my first relationship on the release day of Black and White and bought it for myself to cheer myself up. You know, these games and these characters have brought me so much joy and comfort at times when I've been unsure or unsettled or down. And through recent years where I've met more queer Pokemon fans, this seems to be a really consistent theme amongst a lot of LGBTQIA plus community members who are still really invested in the franchise. Which is what brings us to this podcast. I mean, you can consider it my love letter, our love letter to the franchise which has gotten us through so much and a thank you note from myself and my guests who are going to be featuring and we all have our own unique narratives but there will be a lot of common themes and experiences I think which will link us all together as queer Pokemon fans and you know, I, I hope that these stories are interesting and compelling and enlightening to anybody listening. Now, a bit of a trigger warning, there might be some coarse language in this interview, which some listeners might find offensive. So if you're around young children or if you know that this might offend you, well, well, I mean, you probably should just turn it off. But I mean, trust me, you're going to be missing out. So now on to today's guest. My guest today, our first ever in fact, is one half of the sensational YouTube duo Novimpia. 28 million views, 198,000 subscribers, hairstylist extraordinaire, queen of accessorising, makeup maestro, <laughs> never seen without something fluorescent. She's a hoot and a half, the amazing, the legendary creature herself. It's Nova, everybody. Hiya, Babs. <laughs> How's it going? That was That was a very extravagant introduction. Oh, my God. You you deserve every single word of it, honestly. And I need to I need to take this moment to say to the uh, to the single long haul truck driver that's probably listening to this. I have been a fan of of, of Novimpia's for uh, since the inception of their channel. How long have you guys been doing it for now? Six years. Um, the, I I believe the very first upload was twenty twelve. Um, Crikey, crumbs. so a, a while. A yeah, while, a, yeah, a while back. But and I, I mean, before we just started recording, I was just saying to Nova that you both just deserve every shred of success that you've received from this. I think it's incredible that you guys have managed to get to the point now where your the content that you are making is is sustaining you both. The fact that you were just saying that you know you've been able to give up your day job and that you are now being able to to turn this into your your full time bread and butter, which is just incredible. What an what an incredible achievement for you both were so unbelievably lucky and grateful especially during covid 
I don't know what I would have done as a self-employed person not being able to work. It's just all kind of lined up and come at the right time. So it was, it's just like the universe was telling us this is what you had to do. And we just, I just kind of went for it. Absolutely. And I'm such a strong believer in fate and everything happening for a reason. And as much of a, you know, a raw deal that this pandemic has dealt so many people, I think that it's yeah it's just it's so incredible that it's enabled you guys to really you know focus everything into this thing that you love so much and so yeah you should just be so proud of yourselves honestly thank you so much oh honestly no worries um now i mean how are you guys getting on obviously we are here in the uk we are hopefully heading towards the end of lockdown 3.0 but how 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 are you getting on over i mean are are we who who knows i'm very much in the mindset I'm just in the mindset of just believe it when you see it. Try not to plan too far in the future. I know that's a luxury that not everybody has, but um, I'm I'm trying not to think about the dates the government have thrown at us because they'll probably be pushed back. I'm just very much trying to think about the the here and now, and it's I think Olympia especially is is struggling. I'm I'm quite happy with like this extended vacation, having to like stay at home. Like I'm. I'm quite, I can quite happily just not socialise with people and just be like an introvert, apparently for a year, it seems. But like, I'm not, I'm not going like stir crazy, obviously the things that I miss, but Olympia is a very outgoing person. I think she is kind of like climbing the walls at the moment. So uh, we're, like I said before, we're very lucky. We're very fortunate that we can work from home. Um, We can support ourselves and it's not being interrupted by the pandemic, but that is not lost on us how fortunate mm-hmm. we are at all i feel like we it's just like we've fallen into this like luck and i don't know how it's happened but i'm going to go with it and not question it <laughs> absolutely take it with both hands and run like the friggin wind yeah um oh fantastic now um obviously nova this is a a queer pokemon podcast for queer pokemon fans and so a bit of housekeeping what are your personal pronouns that you like to go by uh in drag she her Mm -hmm. and out of drag he him but i always say unless i've introduced myself to you as any other name than nova then she her i think that's just like a general rule if you know me as nova then she her yeah, absolutely. I think that's a a really a really valuable lesson for lots of us to learn in and you see it so much in people's, you know, social media profiles and things, but personal pronouns are such a um a relevant topic of conversation and something that is yeah. gaining more and more momentum and more and more importance and so uh I think that particularly when you are you know conversing with a queer person it is it's it's a real act of um what's the word that i'm looking for it's just considerate isn't it it's considerate to just yes. bear in mind that yeah. um uh, particularly if somebody isn't perhaps you know presenting as gender conforming uh it's it's better to i think it's always better to ask i agree i mean you are so so rarely going to offend somebody by asking mm. but ultimately getting it right that's 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 sometimes the only way Absolutely. So I would, I, someone would always, I'm sure people would always prefer being asked. And I, I, if you do cock up and if you do make mistakes, as long as your heart's in the right place, I mean, most people are going to be understanding and forgiving. No one's going to hold it against you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, it really resonates this thing that I heard um, Crystal Rasmussen mention once when she was talking about she's a um they are outside of drag they are a gender non-binary member of the community and they were saying that all 
all we want to know is that somebody is trying. And particularly yeah. if I've made it clear that, you know, I go by a they, them pronoun, to then actively call me he is like me saying, oh, my name's Laura. And then somebody saying, oh, hi, Debbie, <laughs> which I just think is the perfect, the perfect way of of putting it into words, really, for somebody who is scratching their head over it or perhaps questioning or why is there so much significance or importance importance that's put on this it is it, like actively getting somebody's name wrong after they've just made it very clear what their name is to you so it's a very very complicated issue and i can understand why people struggle um tr- with just trying not to offend people but i think generally speaking if, if you ever are unsure your default should always be gender neutral pronouns and just go with they them and some yeah. people who don't use they them um maybe members of the trans community might find that offensive if if they are trying to present as uh, a man or a woman and, and you go for they them but ultimately rather that than misgender them yeah so I, I always think that's a, that's the safest default and it's the easiest thing for people to wrap their heads around like if, if, if you're ever not sure just go with a gender neutral pronoun and then what what's Absolutely. the worst that can happen yeah, definitely. Now, um, as you were saying, the 10 billion years that it feels as though we have been in lockdown for here in the UK. What? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, the, the struggle is is very much real. What bits of, um, well, how have you been getting through it? What bits of culture have you been consuming to try and keep yourself ticking over? What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Tell us. I was very happy actually the first time lockdown came around it seemed to um time very nicely with the final fantasy 7 remake release so i it was the first time that i've been able to play like a triple a game release in my own time without like having to take uh, a day off work or play it in the evenings and that was very very nice so um i've been playing a lot of console gaming and i haven't been playing handheld gaming for a very very long time i've kind of just fallen out of love with it mm. but during lockdown i think a lot of people as well especially with streaming I've been looking back at TV shows and films that I liked when I was much younger and been streaming those. So I've been um, re-watching Buffy and Angel oh, and Olympia's had Lost on sometimes. So a lot of things that we've grown up with just kind of for nostalgia and also because you've watched everything else because it's lockdown and you've seen everything that's new. Oh my gosh, completely. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I saw this meme the other day that said, how long ago does Tiger King lockdown feel? <laughs> oh my word! Like that was just insane, such a that was such a like um like an earmark in the the timeline of the pandemic. Well, back then we thought that would be like one of the the hallmarks of lockdown. Like, do you remember lockdown mm. with Tiger King? And now it's just a blip because it it's is. become so much bigger than that. Completely, time just has this like really sort of like elastic quality where it feels as though it is just like. Like hurtling past at like the speed of light but at the same time going at complete snail's pace and so it's just so disorienting for like like when did that happen was that last week was that six months ago yeah um, it's mad yeah absolutely nuts um oh uh, and i mean the fact that you're a buffy fan i mean i'm such a it's so heartbreaking these things that have come out recently about joss whedon because i mean i know it's not a new thing they were i was very gonna much say like we we that... we've been new like <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, we we've known there's been tales and whispers and rumors about how much of an ass he is for best part of a decade at least however his work has always been fantastic so it is one of those things where you're like oh why Um, it is it's that gut wrench isn't it of like it's a it's a piece of culture especially for so many um for so many you know queer kids queer teenagers at the time like buffy i think was such a formative piece of pop culture that uh, you know especially 
with Willow's storyline, but I mean, just so many different themes within that within that series that we just have sought console and comfort from and it kind of just it just gives you this knot in your stomach of like am i allowed to like this anymore if the, this you know if the person behind it is you know l- i mean likely... my feelings my feelings regarding something like buffy or or angel is that that is a franchise that i mean bar any kind of reboots or remakes is done and dusted there's there's mm. there's nothing new being added to that it's it's done it's it's fulfilled its place so i think that is something where you really can separate the work from the creator pretty mm. easily you can enjoy it without pouring money into his pocket and i always compare that to like the the harry potter fans i mean that's a whole other conversation that i won't get into but that is yeah. a lot more complicated because it's something that is still making money every single day and it's so current still and so mm. relevant and it's so much bigger um but something like buffy i think you absolutely can enjoy without pouring money into the creator's pockets yeah absolutely absolutely anyway we digress now um nova take me back to the late 90s pokemon has just set the world ablaze um where are you oh gosh i remember it it makes me think about being i must have been what was it 97 did it hit the uk i think it was 97 yeah so i would have been five years old um and i remember all i wanted for my birthday was a game boy and this was before I even knew about Pokemon. I just wanted a Game Boy. And then I remember it just being at school. People were playing Pokemon and Pokemon cards. I remember those two things being like at the same time. And I just wanted I wanted to like be a, a part of that. I think growing up, I always struggled making friends. And it's just like the, the usual like gay sob story you know everyone like so many queer people have been bullied and struggled at school or whatever but there's things that come along like certain crazes in your school and pokemon would be a really big one where that is kind of like an in that's something you have in common with other people and even at that age generally speaking before pokemon it was football like that was that was if you, if you yeah. didn't and like yo-yos oh I yeah so yo-yos. vividly remember <laughs> yo-yos being the because this was like when i was maybe in like I mean, depending on, you know, who's listening to this, where you are in the world, but we would call the first year of school reception. So like kindergarten. Uh-huh. So uh, like, and so I'm, I'm born in 1992. So I would have been, yeah, like sort of five, four, five, six years old around there at the same time. And I, my day job, I am a primary school teacher. I work with children who are of a similar age. And at that age, you know, you are very, very cognizant of the world and culture yeah. and the things that you like and the things that you don't like. And, you know, to be five years old at that time and to be a Pokemon fan, you know, it you wanted to be a part of it. You are so yeah. right. It was something that you you couldn't not... You, it was inescapable. It was absolutely right? inescapable. I remember there being, like, Pokemon clubs at school and, like, mm. in um, art classes, everybody drew Pokemon and, like, creative writing was just all about Pokemon. Like, pe- people, including myself, were just obsessed. But then that had, like, such a sense of uh community as well even at such a young age it was just a way to make friends it was like oh do you Mm. like pokemon me too do you want to like look at this like strategy guide or do you want to watch like pokemon on tv and it was just such an easy an easy like icebreaker to make friends 
that is such an interesting standpoint actually which i'd never really thought of before that it is it was a it was a a common interest which just did not know gender it yeah. did not know sexuality you know you know kids in the playground who would have gone on to do whatever gay straight anything in between any member of the lgbt plus qia spectrum or straight or an ally it did not know gender or sexuality and so therefore it was just this complete meeting ground anybody you know so long who knew the characters who um who collected the cards or you know even you didn't even need to know their names you could just think that they were cute yeah and that would give you an innings to a conversation that if it perhaps it had been a conversation about football or about friggin yo-yos you know you might not have been there might not have been an invitation to that conversation and so um yeah oh my gosh that is such an interesting standpoint that you that you that you've picked up on there absolutely it's so funny for you to say yo-yos as well i distinctly remember having a yo-yo and it like lit up and everything and i just couldn't do any of the tricks i just didn't understand that i could barely just make it go up and down so like that went out the window straight away i just couldn't comprehend how people made these things do such magic yeah maybe maybe the listeners of this podcast can fact check this for us but like oh can gay people play with yo-yos i don't know like i feel like i was dreadful at it as well like all i can remember is is it walking the dog there's that trick where like you like it you'd drop it and then it would like the yo-yo itself would spin along the floor like you're walking a dog and I get... remember that I remember watching videos like on TV like the the commercials for them and these kids would be like in the street doing all these tricks and oh no yeah. there's just no way <laughs> I'm way too dyspraxic for this absolutely and um and again like a really cool thing with being a teacher now is that I see on the playgrounds and in the classrooms the conversation about pokemon is still so present you know kids the anime is still going we're you know it's the 25 year anniversary this year which is just unbefriggingly-vivable like you know a quarter of a century the biggest franchise in the world i think yeah. that is instantly mad. recognizable mad no absolutely um and in which forms would you say that um in your sort of like childhood in particularly when the the franchise kind of like first came about in which forms were you consuming pokemon everything like and mm. anything there was just everything i used to buy like the pokemon magazines or like the the sticker albums or um i mean we didn't have an awful lot of money growing up so it wouldn't be so many of the the mainline games i would always get like i, I mean i didn't have a game boy advance growing up for yeah. instance so that was like a gap in my <laughs> in my pokemon yeah. like hobby but um it would be the the Pokemon cards and watching it on on TV in the mornings. Just a, a, everything that I could possibly get my hands on, I, I'd be there. I remember um, cutting up uh, pictures of Pokemon from like magazines and comics and covering like my school books with them, and yeah, just yeah, obsessed as a child. <laughs> mm. It's yeah, um, I think as well, particularly with the age group that we were, you know, being in primary school at the real inception of the franchise's real mm you know it, it reaching that fever pitch so quick but then as we would have left primary school to go to secondary school and you were saying that that's when you you know you didn't have the game boy advance and i think that's probably after gen 2 i think it was maybe gen 3 ruby sapphire emerald ruby sapphire in particular that's that would have been 2003 i think and so that's the point probably where a lot of kids our age you know you reach 
11, 10, 11, 12 years old, and you just have this heightened sense of cool and, you know, and self-preservation. I was going to say, that is absolutely the age where anything you enjoyed as a child is now for kids and it's for babies and it's not cool anymore. Mm. So like, oh my God, you saw like Pokemon, how old are you? Like, get a life. And so for the same reason I got sucked into the franchise, it's kind of the the reason why you kind of push it aside. And I think like as as, as queer kids, that happens for a, a lot of things as well because you're starting to find out about yourself. So mm. the things you would have enjoyed without a second thought younger suddenly you're, you're trying to like just push to one side like, no, I don't like Britney Spears. That's, yeah. that's the... That, that's, gay that's no I don't like that I like Linkin Park and do, <laughs> do you know what I mean like you, you you try to model yourself after the rest of the kids who do still have friends and you think right mm. okay this is this is what this is what's cool and this what this is what isn't cool yeah it becomes about camouflaging doesn't it and tr- and especially yes, as children absolutely of and again there are as many queer experiences as there are queer people and so you know people figure things out uh, uh, you know a uh, different ages but i think the the moment that you catch that whiff of yourself perhaps not quite assimilating not quite being the same as everybody else and you just have this heightened sense of i need to conform i need to i need to be unclockable to borrow a phrase from you know from yeah. the community that we love so much like it is i i i i need people to not know this thing about me which could bring me embarrassment and then but then that bleeds into so many other facets of your life it bleeds into your interest survival isn't it it's just survival it's just getting through because i mean school can be horrible (laughs) if there is anything about you that is remotely different Mm. school can be horrible so it's just anything to survive and get through it and sometimes it's not even a conscious thing your brain just does it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um okay so when we're talking about like the timeline of pokemon uh you you had you had the Game Boy games. You said you didn't have the Game Boy Advance, and so then that would have been like an you know an entire generation that you'd missed out. At what point would you say that you um, reintroduced yourself with the franchise after having those years of 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 not of not engaging with it? I've got two younger sisters, and I remember they all they wanted for Christmas. Um, this probably would have been the year that it was released. Was Nintendogs and a Nintendo DS? Yeah, and I just thought, oh, that looks shit like I don't <laughs> want that and they each got a Nintendo DS and I was like that looks a lot cooler than I thought mm. it was gonna be so now I want one so I had a, a DS like the following year and my reintroduction would have been Pokemon Diamond and Pearl mm. oh. and I bought that I bought that with my own money and I was just like this is this is great this is so cool and I remember that would have been the time that I started to revisit like a whole bunch of other things like that I'd kind of tried to push aside and that was when I started I didn't even realize at the time but that would be when I was getting more comfortable and just more gay yeah Yeah, absolutely you you lean into it don't you because you just feel bad you're like why did I why did I ignore all of this for like so many years Oh, absolutely. And I think that is, it's it's finding your footing, isn't it? It's finding your footing and leaning into that stride. And, and, it, and it can happen at any age for any people. I would say personally, in my, you know, I'm 29 this year, but I, I feel like it's only really in the last two years or so that I've, I've really started to lean into that side of myself and just, and you just give less you give less of a fuck. You give less of a Life fuck. Life is too short. Absolutely. You've got to just, you like what you like and why, why deprive yourself of that? Completely. And I think that that's something that I 
you know really want to instill in the children that I work with but also mm. any any anybody who's working with anybody who you who you you recognize that they might be feeling a little bit restrained not quite leaning into those things that you know just bring them that sheer pure unbridled joy is just encouraging them to go for it just go for it and not look back to not give a second thought for what other people think and you know i just think that it's it's the first step to leading a much a much happier more a more fulfilled life but i mean hey who am i to say i'm not no i think you're absolutely right i wish that i had a teacher at school that gave enough of a, a crap to even think like that because people have, i think that's a very recent mindset i think it's our generation that are really starting to think like that so i think that's brilliant that you're approaching your classes and your teaching in that way oh thank you i really really appreciate that um okay so missed out gen 3 kind of reintroduced at gen 4 and then so what moving forward were you sort of like hooked back into it where did you sort of go from there i was never hooked back into it as i was as a child like a very very young child but i then remember managing to emulate gen 3 on a pc so i could play through that um, without having the the hardware and um i've pretty much had every mainline series game since then um just because i felt like i was missing out otherwise and i wanted to keep up and see what was going on i never went back to pokemon cards although this year especially i've I'm, I feel like I'm forever tempted to like just start a, a little collection of my own but I, I I feel like I've got the kind of personality which is probably why I enjoy Pokemon so much is that I just like to collect things yeah, that absolutely I can see myself pouring so much money into it and for what <laughs> like it's the most useless indulgent um thing to to waste money on so I'm kind of stopping myself from doing that but um yeah otherwise it's been Every mainline game, apart from, I I didn't buy a Switch. I still do not own a Switch. You've got something, enormous something to look forward to then. Because especially, I mean, you know, you and I were chatting before about the the recent news about the remakes of Gen 4, which I think is, particularly after what you've just said, is a, must be like a really sentimental generation for you, Gen 4. That, you know, it was your reintroduction to the franchise. And it was, in my personal opinion you know gen i am gen 2 ride or die but at the same time gen 4 is a really close second i just think that it offers such a massive like wealth of of characters and i mean it was just a brilliant narrative to the to the games themselves but um but yeah oh my gosh you've absolutely got something to look forward to by uh by getting a switch do you think it's on the horizon soon I had no intention of getting a Switch looking at Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu and Sword and Shield. I mean, I've kept up with those a lot, watching a lot of YouTubers, the coverage. And I mean, obviously, when I get a Switch, I will get those games just because like just 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 because. But it wasn't enough for me to drop money on the console, whereas these absolutely are i think they look like exactly what everybody's been asking for and obviously people are still going to be critical because i mean the different fandoms for different things that that people just eat themselves alive don't they so this is literally what everyone's been asking for and people are still going to find criticism with it but it's so funny to hear i think we're very similar in our tastes for pokemon because you say that gen 2 is your favorite and i think my favorite game 
has got to be the heart gold and soul silver. I oh, think that was absolutely. just like chef's kiss like brilliant brilliant game <laughs> honestly i'm like obviously nobody can see me see me on this podcast but i'm i have got the biggest smile on my face which you can probably hear <laughs> from the voice that i'm using is uh, absolutely heart gold soul silver was just the complete um jewel in the crown i think of the series yeah. thus far it was like you say it's it was the remix at the time that everybody was was clamoring for um particularly sort of on the coattails of uh fire red and leaf green which had come a few years before it was oh you know will they will they make a a remake of gen 2 and i think it really did sort of like you know set the tone for this trend of then you know remaking things every 10 years or so it's now quite a regular schedule isn't there yeah it is yeah exactly and some people will call that predictable but hey i think for those long-standing pokemon players like yourself and me and you know an entire a massive majority of the fan base who have been with it since you know day dot it's just such a massive treat to look forward to that you know that it's eventually going to happen and i <laughs> yeah. mean it's it's I like comforting there. isn't it yeah oh my gosh completely completely now what would you say um i mean you've kind of answered this question i was going to say what has been your favorite game and your favorite generation Definitely Heart Gold, Soul Silver. I had Heart Gold only because I had gold on the Game Boy Color. Yeah. But I just think the the best games always seems to be the ones that come out towards the end of the console's lifespan, yeah. which makes total sense. And I just think Heart Gold and Soul Silver really, really made great use of the hardware. I wasn't a fan of the direction black and white went with the kind of like moving sprites yes. and the graphics. I think they sacrificed a lot of the art direction. Everything seems so that. much more pixelated, would you agree? Yeah, and I much prefer, I thought the, the balance was better with Heart God and Soul Silver. I just think the soundtrack is so pretty. Yeah. I think they did a really great job at upscaling and remastering all of the locations. They each had such character mm-hmm. to them. And it's quite a big game as well because you've got Johto and Kanto. Yes. So it's, it, there's a lot of post-game content. And that was just one of the games that I think you could really lose yourself in and spend hours on. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And you mentioning the fact that there was the two halves to the game i think is like uh, i mean how old would i have been that would i think that came out in 2000 crystal in 2001 so i would have been about eight and i that i can remember like beating the elite four and obviously you know what to expect when you beat the elite four after after you know playing um red blue and yellow that there'll be like a little tiny side quest maybe like with the like with the unknown mm-hmm. dungeon but like then it's kind of just like you complete the decks and and that's it but mm-hmm. you know getting that ticket for the was it the SS Aqua blew my freaking mind. Like it was just <laughs> everything that you could have hoped for and more. You mean there's more? And like it's it's it's, it's more than more. Like it's literally like an, an entire extra game bolted onto the end. Yeah. You're revisiting these places that you are so fond of from the you know, the amount of hours that you would have invested into Red, Blue, and Yellow. You're meeting these characters again, the gym leaders that you would have loved. You would have everybody. Had, we're going to get into that later on. You know, everybody's got their own favorite NPC, favorite gym leader, favorite team, whatever. But it was just just in, a real game changer i think and then the fact that you knew that that was going to be coming up with 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 heart gold and soul silver and it introduced you know the the advent of like gym leader rematches as well that was an amazing yeah. thing seeing i think there's been this real conversation amongst the fandom of but surely like in the anime or in like real life the gym leaders could be battled in any order so like brock 
like surely can't just have a Geodude and an Onyx. He'd like have this other team of superpowered six. That I feel that like is... it's now canon the idea that gym leaders have different teams according to the ability of their challenger. Yeah, and they'd scale. I'm them sure up. I read that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which makes total sense. Completely, yeah. And so I think the idea of like in like the advent of of introducing the gym leader rematches just it, it, like you just heart gold soul silver you can't say it enough was just the, <laughs> just the the absolute yeah like shining example now my next question if you were a trainer class what would you be well obviously i'd be a beauty uh, there oh, is actually, i love it <laughs> there is a beauty in uh kalos i believe that's called nova beauty nova and i'm sure I'm sure that is the one I remember seeing this in like a, I think it was a Did You Know gaming video. Mm. I'm sure that character hints towards being um, trans because they say something along the lines of that they, they've put loads of work into changing themselves and to being who they really want to be. And then when you defeat them, they say that they used to be a black belt, which oh is a male gosh. only trainer class. Which I think is so funny. It, oh my! I mean, just like the 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 levels, the levels to this, the like just uh, the levels to this is just amazing. I love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, that's like a nice segue as well. How how did you arrive at your drag name Nova? That was um, I was inspired by Sailor Moon partly. Oh. Because I liked the idea of something celestial, mm. planet-based, star-based. Mm. And then I was watching um, Once Upon a Time, which is an ABC TV show, uh, Disney-owned. And it kind of brings in... It's a bit like the Avengers Endgame, but like loads of Disney characters and it's live action. Yeah. And there was a character on that. I think it was... A, 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 I don't know what the franchise was the episode was about. Maybe it would have been Peter Pan or something. But there was a fairy on that called Nova. Very, very minor character yeah. only in that one episode. But I was just like, yes, Nova, that works great. It, it So... Um, two years ago, in 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 twenty nineteen, myself, my partner, we moved over to New Zealand to live for a year, where I was working in a school, and there was a a, a girl in my class called Nova, and in that <sighs> Kiwi accent, just sounds uncannily like Olympia, and so every time <laughs> I would have to like, I don't know, like even just like get her attention, Nova, Nova, like it, just <laughs> in my mind's eye, I was just picturing <laughs> Nova, no. no, Nova, no, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> honestly love it that's mad i can't believe somebody actually has that name like a real person that's so weird it's such a beautiful name such a beautiful name now but it, it, it so it is in part your original name right there's some, something yes. else that you lost well i had a surname and it was it was a joke that made sense to me at the time it was not my idea it was olympia's <laughs> idea um, but she said because the the last syllable of the word is va that that could lead so easily into some kind of vagina yeah. related joke like not having a vagina. So I made it fancy and I named myself Novaginas. Novaginas. But um, it. it was it wasn't a great name for a few reasons. Nobody ever knew how to pronounce it mm. or how to write it. Um, and then it, it I just I didn't really find humor in it anymore because the whole joke of oh i don't have a vagina but i'm being a woman yeah. <laughs> i didn't find that amusing anymore so i just dropped it you leveled up you evolved you mega evolved yeah 
But now I'm just like Cher or Adele. I mean, you are ex- you are just as fabulous, and so therefore you deserve just as much clout as 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 Adele and Cher. So Nova, it shall be. And I love as well that you touched on Sailor Moon. I'm a massive Sailor Moon fan myself. Obviously, the listeners can't see, but I'm currently wearing, in Nova's honor, my Sailor Moon T-shirt. On the back is. Sailor Venus, who was my personal fave, and Sailor Mars cozying up. So it is, I mean, you've got blue hair today, Nova. I was going to say, if you had your your natural blonde, then it could have been you and I. Um, but uh, who was your favourite Sailor Scout? I always liked Mercury the first time around, and then I rewatched it a little while ago. I didn't finish it completely, and I much preferred Venus. Mm. Um, but that is definitely something that I'm probably going to have to rewatch, um, or I might even try to give Crystal another go because I started watching the Crystal remake yeah. um, as that was airing, and it wasn't great. But I know that it's gotten better, and I know they've gone back and cleaned up some of the animation for the Blu-ray releases. So I feel like I might give that another go. Yeah, and I think as well for. You know, you and I obviously have very, very, very strong attachments to certain pieces of pop culture that really resonated with us in our childhoods. And Sailor Moon especially, like I can just so vividly remember the period in my life when it was on Fox Kids. Fox Kids, the, yeah. like the channel on, yeah, on, and, and and so it was, and it was on Sky. And so like, I can remember. Sailor Moon, like followed by Digimon. Digimon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. And, it, and again, that era of Digimon was just like spot on. But I think that when you have such a strong like visceral attachment to that piece of pop culture and then it's like i don't want to say rehashed but like you know it is it's it's redone for you know it's revisited it's it's remastered and then you know they might change they change the dub the you know the the dub voice actors it just it kind of tarnishes it maybe am i unfair in saying that like i feel like with sailor moon in particular that's a unique one because it was kind of ownerless for so many years like nobody had the rights to it and it was just this lost piece of media with a i mean we own let's be honest we like the dub because of nostalgia it's a shit dub (laughs) so i feel like when it finally got bought i can't remember who bought it but when it when the rights finally got bought and they they started to actually take care of it and they remastered the original they did a a brand new dub Mm. that which was much more loyal to the original i just thought that was so fantastic and i think they had their hearts in the right place for crystal but i i I, for whatever reason the but the budget might not have been there i don't know but like i remember watching the first few episodes thinking like i can see what they're trying to do but this is janky like it looks awful yeah completely and i think you're so right as well it's it's the nostalgia that sort of like kind of keeps us going back whereas so much that's problematic about it oh my god like the you know the queer erasure of uh uranus and neptune well, that's why I think it's so fantastic that they gave us a new dub for the original series. So that 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 that's yeah. there now, and that's not going to be touched. So if you don't like the the remake, if you don't like Crystal, that's always going to be there. I really wish that more franchises gave their fans the option to see things kind of like restored, but as they were originally mm. intended. Like going back to Buffy, I'm sure you're aware of the state of the HD remaster that's available and streaming mm. everywhere at the moment, which is just dire and no one has that's the only version of it that currently exists like unless you buy the dvd box sets you're just stuck with this hideous smooth awful cropped hd monster but then you watch you watch the simpsons and you can watch it original if you want to or like with sailor moon you got the original there on on stream so like i don't know i think i think you've got to kind of appease to 
the nostalgia old school audiences as well as trying to get new people in i think if you focus on one or the other you're kind of stifling the brand completely and i think there's very much like two camps about the pokemon anime you know that when they i was going to say this is this is what they've got so well this is why they keep doing the remakes and they keep doing the new games because it appeases both people and they keep porting the original games as well so really you can kind of play any any form Mm, of the game absolutely but i think uh, you know when they um i don't know if you watched this far into the anime i probably watched it for a lot longer than was like uh i've not i've not seen it since it was originally on television i've seen maybe a a couple of the the movies here and there but yeah i've I've not watched the anime i think I i probably watched it way too far into my teens but they swapped they 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 swapped production companies and said therefore like all of the original voice actors were no longer employed by mm-hmm. them by the by mm-hmm. the same production company and so i think that it was at that turning point for a lot of fans you know the anime just sort of became a bit non really and you know if you're going to revisit it you're only going to be re- revisiting like seasons 1 through 3 or whatever um because it, it's it's sentimental for the dialogue for the voices that you recognize for yeah yeah absolutely that's something that again i always find so baffling about sailor moon you can watch three back-to-back episodes of sailor moon that are one right after the other and sailor moon has three different voice actors like it's like the 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 it is just like this hob system of just like different people like tapping in and out like episode to episode but anyway we we digress again (laughs) okay let's say you are taking on you're taking on the elite four who would be your go-to team of six? Do you have any staples who you like return to that are like tried and tested reliables for you? Or do you like to mix it up between game to game? I never approach battling with any kind of intelligence or logic as to like who's actually going to perform well here. Um, And I always like to try and use a few newcomers depending on what generation I'm playing yeah um but I always fall back on um my two favorites I I just like because I like them I've got no idea how well they perform but I love Volcarona and Melotic and I remember which was the there was a game in the main series it might have been Omega Ruby where you could chain fishing in order to get a, a shiny. And I did that with a Feebas. And I do have a shiny melodic, which is like my prized possession. I and that it. comes with me through every single generation via Pokemon Bank. So those two I always fall back on. Um, but otherwise, it's just w- w- whatever I've I've brought with me throughout the, the game. I mean, it's so interesting you mentioned Volcarona. I don't think I've ever run a game with Volcarona before or Larvesta. It's just so pretty. I just love it. <laughs> it's so it's so unique. And I think as well, it being kind of like a pseudo legendary because mm. it's got like a, a pre-evolution. And I, I just think it's so cool. I just love its design. Um, it bug fire, right? Bug fire typing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a cool typing too. Yeah. Like, so just so unique in itself. Okay. Um, so you've got your two kind of like tried and tested. Do you have... Um, do you like to sort of like keep it varied through the team or do you perhaps like do like mono runs how do you like to sort of like theme your teams get game to game i just like i i literally go for the ones that i like the looks of the most Love it. um and i do try to have a like a bit of a balance with with typing mm-hmm. um however i do find myself kind of leaning towards more 
fairy, water, ice, mm. dragon, that kind of side mm-hmm. of things. Um, but otherwise, yeah, again, like there's just no intelligence as to like how <laughs> how well these Pokemon are performing. It's just what what which ones are the cutest? Which ones look the nicest? I love that, and I'm very much of the same school of thought. I think it's when you overthink things that it just be- it just becomes not fun, right? And like, yeah. surely there is more challenge to taking i mean before we before we started recording i was saying to you about how like you know one of my favorite pokemon is ledian and ledian is i think by and large from like the communities that i'm a a part of or like the conversations that i see is like shit on by everybody you know and it's just not rated at all but yet surely there is more intelligence to running a team of pokemon like ledian who okay yeah like their type their typing probably isn't you know that it makes it really vulnerable to to rock especially but like surely there's more intelligence to taking a pokemon like that that is so vulnerable and making it mm-hmm. a, like a freaking powerhouse to i feel like you're playing two different games almost if you're playing the game and just building a team like just passively not really putting much thought into strategy behind it and then if you're playing it to win mm. to kind of just storm through it it's two completely different approaches and i i feel like the franchise from how i'm understanding it is starting to kind of just leave the more competitive side to the fans in their own hands post game content online mm. and they're not really implementing so much of that into the games anymore mm. which i've seen be a big criticism they've lost their real difficulty levels just play through the main campaign which i'm not overly fussed about but um i th- i think there needs to be more balance there definitely absolutely and i think you're right as well a, a huge um a really sort of like divisive thing about particularly the release of sword and shield is that you would have heard that the experience share is always turned on and so therefore yeah, which i hate <laughs> it is yeah i mean it is it is a real bone of contention but i mean the way that i kind of have been sort of like contending with that is i'll have like a team of 12 and i'll literally just like hob system kind of like swap in and out mm-hmm. i'm currently doing um like a mono ice run on uh on pokemon shield and i'm having so much fun honestly like there are so many there are just like so many ice types that i've never used before ice types are so cool avalug never used an avalug before that's fun as shit um oh my gosh who else Mr. Rhyme, Mr. Rhyme, like the like the. I've never played with Mr. Rhyme. He he's, he looks like an absolute cutie though. You are gonna have like an absolute banquet feast when you when you <laughs> when you finally got your pennies together to get this switch, and you have got. I mean, did I really rate? Let's go, Evie. Let's go, Pikachu. I'd quite recently at the time played Fire Red again, and so I think that for oh, me so really it's just tarnished my trip to Kanto. Exactly, then. yeah, completely. Yeah. I think I think Kanto, as much as I love it, as like you know an OG fan, I love I love Kanto, but I think it is given a, a bit too much airtime. I mean, um, that's not going to be new news yeah. to anybody, is it? But um, I would say if you haven't played any Gen One games or remakes, you know, recently, I'd say get Let's Go pikachu let's go eevee i think it's i think i think yeah. it's a really great remastering of you know being able to see kanto rendered in 3d but i mean sword and shield for all its flaws it is an absolute in my opinion don't at me masterpiece so i think that you've got <laughs> something really to look forward to and especially as well the fact that you you know you're going to be introduced to gen 8 in tandem or like you know not far behind 
revisiting Gen 4, yeah. it's going to be a really, really exciting year for you, which I'm so excited for. But okay, so um, you are, you're standing at the Indigo Plateau and you've got your, you've got your Melotic and you've got your Volcarona. Who are your four other favourites to form up that, 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 that team of six that you're going to be taking the Elite Four and the Champion on with? Oh gosh, I really enjoy. Uh, I like Dragonair. I do not like to evolve to Dragonite because mm. then I think it becomes ugly. I've always liked Dragonair. Dra- Dragonite just um, looks like the token. Like ask a five year old to draw a dragon, and it looks like Dragonite. Yeah, I just I don't I don't understand where that evolution idea came from. So for me again, that's like an aesthetic thing. It loses its mysticism. <sighs> What an exquisite word choice to use. Um, okay, so Dragonair, Melotic, Volcarona. I like Absol, especially when they brought in Mega Evolution, mm-hmm. because what a great design there. Yeah. Mega Absol is so cool. Um, Sylveon as well. I really enjoy mm-hmm. having Sylveon. And then, oh, my sixth one probably switched depending on what generation I'm using. But those five I do often go back to. I quite often like having a legendary with me as well, but that does often feel like cheating. Um, but I, I do genuinely like Deancey. I think mm. that's a really cute design. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll play with Mew as well or Celebi. That's more nostalgia. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll often bring in like a legendary or a mythical like for my sixth slot. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. And favorite pokemon dare i ask like outside oh, melotic. of melotic yeah that's definitely my favorite always has been and why why would you say it's your favorite it's oh, i think because when it was first introduced it was such a difficult pokemon to get it was a real holy grail wasn't it you could only f- fish them from a certain like rectangle of water that changed all the time in one floor of one cave and then was it that you had to get its its beauty to the max through contests in order to evolve it? So it was like a big deal. So it was like a real reward when you had it. And it's just such a beautiful design. So I think, yeah, it used to be like a real sense of like, oh, I I got that. And yeah. no, that's a really difficult one to get. But I managed to get that because I put in the time. Yeah, it was a real like token of achievement, right? Like you, yeah. you knew yeah. that you would have had to have worked really, really hard to get that like the like the the payoff itself is yeah. like kind of like pretty unrivaled in terms of when you compare it to well particularly if we're talking like just up to gen 3 at that time like it was something really really special and really unique and it took a lot of skill yeah and i i don't know how it evolves nowadays i know there's a few other methods that have been introduced and i'm i'm i feel like it's easier i could be wrong but i feel like the difficulty of getting it is has been vastly reduced but um yeah, I, I just think it's cute. I, I think it's screaming for a mega evolution as well. Oh my god, so many missed tricks in Gen 6 for mega evolutions. Oh my gosh, like I feel so... Like, absolutely love so many of them that we got. But so many of them that I was like scratching my head over. Like, or D- mega Ordino. Like, that was a strange It was just one. like, uh, like is, is Ordino a Pokemon that many people use anyway? And to then get Very strange. a mega evolution as well? What are your favourite, who are your favourite unpopular opinion Pokemon? So, and when I say unpopular opinion Pokemon, I mean those ones that just really divide opinion. So, I mean, like the typical, um, like, inanimate object Pokemon, like Vanillux and Garbodor, or also, you know, my friend Ledian, like those ones that people just, like, (laughs) 
just like absolutely dump all over like are there any that you i don't want to say guilty pleasure because they should absolutely not be a guilty pleasure like fly oh, that yeah, flag no, i don't care <laughs> free and high i really like Klefki, and people don't like Klefki. i remember when it first came out especially because on the 3ds it generally looks like shit unless you're viewing it in the pokedex because it has so much detail to it and it's so small mm. It often just looks like a bunch of pixels and it's another inanimate object one that people don't like. But I just think there's something so cool about like a fairy that's a bit of a klepto and just wants to like have a bunch of keys. I just think that it's such a cool design. I always thought it was great. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I can always remember Trixie Mattel like tweeting something about her her choice of tea and she was like oh i literally only go i go like purely on the aesthetic of cuteness which is obviously is very on brand for trixie yeah. but it was like <laughs> her her team was like mareep like un like unevolved mareep klefki <laughs> um i don't know a couple of other pink ones but i was just like i i i love that i love that like she is so true to her brand but the un like the unevolved mareep especially i was like you you go for it. That's so funny. So cute. I see. I could never keep that uninvolved. I love Ampharos too. And much. I, I, I love Flaffy. Such a great I think, design. I think Flaffy is just like cute as hell. Okay, Gym Leader Nova wants to battle. What would the vibe of your gym be? I feel like it would have to be pretty multicolored. Maybe, maybe I'd be like an ice leader, but maybe my gym would have some kind of cool way of refracting lights through like icicles so there were oh, like exquisite. rainbows everywhere and yeah. stuff which is the city in there's the city in Kalos isn't it that's awful that like I can't you know from the roller decks in my mind's eye of like things to pull from I can't remember the name of it but the city in Kalos in X and Y that has the massive crystal structure in the middle of it Oh gosh, I, I can't remember. It, 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 I'm pretty sure it's in. It, I'm pretty sure it's in. Uh, oh, I've I've got it in my head now, but I can't remember the name of it. I forgot all about. But that. I can imagine your gym being inside, yes. just like hewn from yes. this massive, like crystalline structure, just like iridescent exquisiteness just everywhere you look, top to toe, and AB crystals. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. And where do you think, I mean, this is on the back of the conversation that we've just had about how, you know, gym leaders, they definitely have their teams of like 10 that they scale depending on like the, the ability of their challenger. But where do you think in like a game sense, where would you sit in the lineup of the eight gym leaders and what would your team be? That's such a great question. Um, Probably near the beginning because I would like to have a smaller team and I'd like to see more people coming through. I feel like the the first batch of gyms would get like a higher traffic of people coming through. So I could yeah. see myself with maybe having uh maybe like a Jinx and a Vanilla. The original drag queen. The original drag yeah. queen Pokemon is Jinx. Maybe maybe just having Jinx and Vanilla, just the two of them. Love it. I think it'd be really And the cute. idea of the variation in your team as well, like having something unevolved, but then also like a real powerhouse at the end, rather than just yeah, having like yeah. big hitter, big hitter, big hitter that you normally get with like the eighth gym, which I just think kind of loses its like variation a little bit. But um, but I'd be all about like the aesthetic of the gym and probably be quite a, an easy one to defeat. But that's like not why I'm in it. I'm just there to like look cool and look at my, look at my pad. It's amazing. And also I think as well, <laughs> like... 
you know being a fan of yours and being a consumer of your content for so long like you are an incredibly nurturing person i think and you have a real sensitivity Aww, and softness to you so and so i think that is like a huge role of the gym leaders especially those early ones you know you get all of these rookie trainers coming through that you have to yeah. prime them for what to expect yeah. and i think i probably would say the same for myself as well i think that there would definitely be i don't know i don't think off the top of my head there's been like a real I know that like Roxanne in Gen Three, she was a teacher. She was like you know like the the mm-hmm. the, the head student or whatever at the Pokemon school, and I think Cherin as well in in Black and White Two might have been a teacher. But I feel like that would be the vibe of my gym as well. Like it would be like gym leader Alex wants to battle, and it would be like it would be about yeah like nurturing nurturing these young rookie trainers as like a teacher myself to sort of like prime them for what to expect as they sort of go on and. Spread their I think that would be the, the most fun way to approach that if that was real life, definitely. Oh, definitely. Oh, and like um, when you think about the gym leaders, like Claire, for example, in Gen Two, like just this hard-nosed bitch that like just is like super bratty, really yeah. reluctant to like give up any kind of like inkling that like she has like lost to anyone or whatever. I just think like where is the fun in that? <laughs> where is the fun in that at all? Oh, fantastic. Now. We've spoken a lot about your favourites, but I mean, really, like the main narrative of this podcast is is thinking about where the Pokemon franchise kind of like sits within the narrative of being a queer person. And so, I mean, from your standpoint and from, you know, from your adolescence and from your childhood, why do you think that so many queer people have held on to Pokemon throughout their lives? I think because the franchise has allowed them to do so is a big part of it. It's stuck around in on various formats and in various different forms. So you you are able to keep tabs on it and stay a part of it. But it's it's the same reason why queer people are so into any kind of like large fantasy franchise. It's just it's escapism. It's so massive, so you can kind of find a slot for you that fits that might be different to somebody else, and you can approach it in a way that's personal to you. And because it's spanned so many years, I think people have nostalgia attached to different parts of the franchise. I think it's just a very accessible way, and I think. It's something that people can have in common as well. I think queer people are quite often more creative types. And I think that you quite often find a big queer fandom for anime and video gaming in general. And Pokemon is just something that I think is, it's got a lot of different levels to it that appeal to a lot of different types of people. Mm. Yeah, completely. And I think, I mean, the word that you've used, which really resonates with me is, it's this, it's the escapism, isn't it? It is. Yeah. At times when absolutely ourselves, people of the queer experience who have felt that they haven't belonged or felt that they have been misunderstood or felt like they don't quite have a community, the the Pokemon world is just so sprawling now and has just so many Mm -hmm. characters to pull from and that have, you know, really like deeply embedded and deeply formed personalities to them they are pixels on a screen but you feel a sense of attachment to them and they might not necessarily talk back to you you know voice to voice but the way that they talk to your character or the the qualities that you see in them i think that there is so much to be said that 
you can form a real sense of belonging in yourself within that world alongside them. Yeah. I, I think it's just it's 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 the same with it's role playing, isn't it? It's 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 yeah. at its core, it's a role playing game. So you you take on the role of this character and you you just immerse yourself mm. in that world whilst Absolutely. you're playing it. Absolutely. Uh, and my final question of all before we get to the next segment is, um, which do you think is the queerest Pokemon of all? <laughs> um, the queerest Pokemon of all. There's a lot of answers for that, isn't there? I think it's got to be Jinx. Jinx is just a drag queen, let's be honest. But there's so many there's so many answers. I think a lot of people would say maybe like Weeping Bell for various reasons (laughs) just a massive gaping mouth (laughs) yeah mr mime as well also looks a bit of a gayer doesn't he campus tits Um, but i i think jinx is just the drag queen pokemon absolutely i love it now it would not be a pokemon podcast without a pokemon battle now would it so before (laughs) recording i challenged nova to a six on six battle with some um pretty prescriptive conditions because the one thing that i can't stand and it's kind of been hinted at before in the conversation that nova and i've just had is that when you play competitively and you're partnered up with some fucker who's like garchomp dragonite mewtwo legendaries lucario uh... exactly yeah and there i am with my sunflora my furret my ledian i'm just like i mean why do i even bother so Nova, do you want to explain what my requirements were for picking your team of six? So we wanted, um, I can't remember the order that you sent this to me, but we wanted an evolution. Mm-hmm. We wanted a non-evolving Pokemon. We wanted a second stage starter Pokemon, uh, a pink Pokemon, a baby Pokemon, and then an unpopular opinion Pokemon. Love it. So we are using the Pokemon Showdown online simulator. Which I have never used before, by the way. And neither have I. So, I mean, this is the dry (laughs) run. It it could end in an absolute, like, dumpster fire, but we can only try. Um, But it's awesome because you can, like, fully customise your team. It is just, it's just great. It does a lot of the work for you. So... It's very overwhelming. Like, there's so much in there that I was just like, I don't know what IVs I want to give my Pokemon. <laughs> Absolutely, completely. And, like, Nova and I, we do not pay competitively. So, like, half of the items that you could select to, like, attach to your Pokemon, I was like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah, like, people that are really, really into this will probably listen to this and be like, what have, why have you Why have you done that? I mean, I feel like I made a cross, a cross to bear for myself, didn't I, when I, like, besmirched the name of Dragonite, but... I mean, hopefully you guys will stay tuned and listen to, listen to episode two when it comes. Um, but yeah, so Nova and I, we are going to get into it. So we will be right back. Well, there we have it, guys. Uh, we have just finished our battle. Um, Nova, would you like to say who won? I lost... Obviously, obviously. I mean, it began pretty close, but then quickly fizzled out. Um, Pretty embarrassing. But uh, no, it was super fun. Super fun. I think that's such a great idea as well, having those kind of restraints on what your team is. I liked having to pick with those rules that added an interesting dimension to it. Oh, thank you. I think, yeah, completely. I think that it's so easy to like always fall back on the... 
on those Pokemon that those tried and tested ones that we kind of like always, you know, refer to. But yeah, definitely. I mean, do you want to talk the listeners through the team of six that you chose? So I had um, Sylveon for my evolution, just because it's my favorite evolution. Um, my non-evolving Pokemon, I had Absol, kind of a cheat because I gave it the Absolite to Mega Evolve. And those those two I do rotate out of my like main team often anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Slowking as my pink Pokemon because I thought that was a bit left field. Slowking is just so funny. I think that whole evolution line. I've never played with um, the Slowking from Sword and Shield was that did that come with one of the expansion packs i think is it poison yeah. psychic i've got no idea what that yeah. guy's like mm-hmm. um, yeah i i haven't either personally so um if you're one of the two listeners hi mum and uh <laughs> you've played with a, a galarian slowbro or Slowking, let nova and i know is it worth it obviously nova has got her first run through of sword and shield coming up later on this year is it worth the time let us know I went with Servine for my stage two starter, just because I think Superior is probably like my fave starter, or one of my faves. I really like Primarina yeah. as well. But um, Nova was saying that she's got a real thing for sort of like serpentine Pokemon, right? Like I don't know very why. Sneaky, I don't know why bodies. that is, but I just, I just something about them. Something about them. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, baby Pokemon went with Magby because I felt like I needed a fire type in there, and Magby is so cute, like that's just a freaking stupid cutie, yeah. like butt head and duck mouth, and just very, yeah. <laughs> very, very cute. And then for unpopular opinion, I went with one that I actually don't like, which I think is an unpopular opinion. I picked Greninja, um, but it had the ability to turn into Ash Greninja. I mean, I played this so shit, we never actually got to see that. But um, I just thought, I think Ash Greninja is such a stupid idea and design. I, I, I know I'm in the minority because that, that, there's so much merch made of it and it's very popular. But I just never bought into... I like the the concept's quite cute that it got so close to its trainer that it like started to turn into him a little bit. But I just think it's weird and I think it's ugly and... I don't know. That's that's just me. <laughs> but it's a but that's a very fair point because that was the that was the idea. It's an un, it's an unpopular opinion, you know. It's 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 completely it's completely unique to you, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> um, I think the idea for I think the idea for like a a, a ninja frog is is really is really cool. Is really cool in itself. I, I think, think like Greninja. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and again, that was something that was so interesting with the release of Sword and Shield is, you know, these three starters, how they were going to be like tenuously linked to like, you know, British culture, <laughs> yeah. considering like Galar was very loosely based on like the British Isles. And we got a secret agent, a secret I agent know, lizard, so funny. a Rastafarian gorilla and this like football player rabbit. I mean, the main thing they took away from it was fucking like people chanting at a football stadium how how yeah how bleak is that <laughs> i mean i won't know like the cripplingly closeted 10 year old 11 year old inside me when i found out that there was going to be like these like football kind of undertones to it i just thought no my no, minor no. ptsd setting in <laughs> yeah absolutely i know yeah it's like, it's like pe all over again <laughs> um but uh but yeah no thankfully it wasn't that it wasn't that I, I think I, I think I, I before you know um, there was much information about Sword and Shield released. It really 
I really was like worried that it was going to basically be FIFA. <laughs> it was just going to be FIFA with like it was FIFA they relied with, on that. FIFA with Pokemon. The stadium was very heavily in the trailers. I think they were just mm. they were very keen to show off like we're on a new console and look how grand everything is. So it oh, was, and it's, ve- it it's very atmospheric. It. Definitely, and actually, and when and when you get round to playing it, you'll see, you'll see that it is uh, it was a really cool move that they made, and like just the the soundtrack to those gym battles is just is like you know goose pimply, <laughs> like it's really sort of atmospheric. I'm going to go into it without any expectations. I've seen it been be slated so many times. I I, I know I know what the game is, but I'm going to just put that to one side and just go into it like and try to be as blind as possible and try and appreciate it for what it is and i think as well the fact that you are coming into it with with like pokemon home already having had that and i've got the expansions available there as well which i think is a big big part because there was a that was a big gripe people had from release wasn't it was there's no post-game content and where are these pokemon so Yeah. yeah completely you've 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 sort of got this movable feast really where you've kind of you've got the, the full package to really yeah to re- to really sort of make use of and that's a that's a really exciting thing um just for the sake of transparency my baby pokemon was mantike who i just think is such a cutie uh my unpopular opinion pokemon unsurprisingly was ledian uh my pink pokemon was blissey which is probably a bit of a like an obvious choice but i i just think that blissey I is, do like blissey. is such a just so nurturing and i just like i just like look at her and i think like you are i just want to be wrapped in your warm embrace have you seen the beta design for blissey out of one of the no the i leaks? haven't that was also quite an interesting design i i still would have loved that if, if that was it was much more kind of like based around love hearts the design but um right yeah i still would have liked it if they kept with the beta design um my Second stage starter was Ivysaur. Bulbasaur is my ride or die. It's number one for a reason, guys. <laughs> uh, favorite favorite starter. My evolution was Espeon, and my unevolved Pokemon. And this is purely for type coverage because I had no Electric and no um, Ice moves. Was Arctozolt, which was a bit of a head scratcher <laughs> for Nova and I as to why I'd chosen that, but. It clearly, it clearly worked. I mean, I would never use any of those fossil Pokemon, but I love that they introduced them, and I think they're such smart designs. I love the idea of them mixing and matching, and that's so clever. Yeah, I think it's these so sort of creative. like Frankenstein-looking things. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Definitely. Again, would never use them, but I just, I love that they exist. Mm, absolutely. Okay, Nova, before you go, I have a little um, quick fire round for you, if uh, that is of interest. No, that's sneaky. I'm scared. Okay, right. Uh, nicknames, yes or no? No. Pokemon Go, yes or no? Yes. Favourite type? Fairy. Hottest professor? Kikui. <laughs> Absolutely! <laughs> um, Favourite starter? Charmander. Grass starter, water starter, or fire starter? Water starter. Favourite region? Johto. Favourite gym leader? I like Fantina. I think oh, she's yeah, she's, so she extra. is camp as tits. Yeah, when she I, is when I saw tits. her as the avatar option, I was just like, yes. That gown? That yeah, hair? that hair. <laughs> Honestly. Um, where would you most want to visit in the Pokemon world? I, I keep using this option, but I think Johto. It, it, I think mm. there's 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 massive cities there in the the countryside. I mean, really, I just I want to go to. I mean, what what region is it based on in Japan? 
um is it shinjuku or shibuya or, or that, that kind of like area of of japan um yeah just looks beautiful Oh, Golden Road City, Olivine City. Yeah, but then you can Olivine, go to like, Olivine City would just be amazing. You've got like the falls there as well. And you can go for a yeah. hike up Mount Silver. Oh, completely. Yeah, like Blackthorn City, like up in the mountains, yeah. like hewn from rock. Oh, yeah, so much to see. <laughs> um, and my last one, if you could have a Pokemon in real life, what would it be? <sighs> that is a really, really good question. Um, I think Eevee. Oh yeah, cute as anything. So cute. cute. What a good boy. The best boy, the goodest boy, <laughs> the goodest of boys. And not too scary either. He's not going to like set you on fire or like poison you or anything. Like he's quite, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a safe like domestic pokemon to have around, isn't he? I am just here to be stroked. Yes. yes. And loved by one and all. Absolutely. <laughs> um guys, that's all we have time for. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. Nova, thank you so very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's been an absolute delight. Nova, where can our three listeners find (laughs) you online on the World Wide Web? Um, I have a YouTube channel with my partner called Novimpia. That is N-O-V-Y-M-P-I-A. And you can find me on all social media at It's Nova Bish. Amazing. And you can follow me on Instagram at gotasnatchemall.pod and Twitter at gotasnatchemall because unfortunately the character limit meant that I couldn't have the second L. But it's kind of convenient because (laughs) obviously my name is Alex and my friends call me Al. So it's kind of pretty fatey. Subscribe, leave a review, five stars only, please. Thanks so much and join us next time. Bye. Bye.